Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, how to provide a reference. Hi everyone, this is Mike, and welcome back to Manager Tools. You know, given what's been happening lately, your directs and former directs are going to ask you to provide them references. Yet you've probably heard that providing references is generally frowned upon. More and more, HR says you can't, but you can. And today, that's what we're going to talk about. Here we go. I recall a long time ago that it used to be that if someone left a firm professionally, I, I, you, you performed well and you were just looking at other opportunities. You just right. had to go somewhere else, right? But as long as you, as long as you left professionally in good standing, your boss would write you a reference letter. Right. But today, though, the general rule in a lot of companies is not to provide them. Why, why is that? Yeah. Frankly, the, the, practice, the practice of providing references or reference letters um, is, is a perfect example of something dying in part because human resources overreacted. Providing references today is just not widespread because some managers abuse the privilege. You know, they, they wrote letters on corporate stationery extolling the virtues of some less than ideal direct of theirs um, as a favor. They basically filled the letter with something that amounts to puffery. You know, it, was, it w- wasn't false, but nor was it true, or at least it wasn't verifiable. And when things didn't work out for the person who left, you know, there were a number of years ago, there were lawsuits about reference letters that were essentially wrong. Um, and the reference letters were used as evidence. And <laughs> the letter writing former manager and others were called to testify because, because it was on company letterhead. Right. And, and when you write something on company letterhead, we've said this before, and I think people miss it, that to a direct, you are the company. It's part of the ethos or the ethic of how corporations are organized. And when you speak, you really can't speak as an individual to one of your directs, not just because of the red sign on your forehead, but because the company imbues you with certain abilities to speak for it, speak for it relative to your directs. Yeah. Even if you say that, hey, let's put, let's take off my manager hat for a second. Yeah, right. That, that doesn't yeah. really work. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't work. That that it's not a hat. It's a sign. <laughs> um, and and look, th- think about it this way too. If if I'm the HR person and you write a referral, what value do I get out of that? So in fact, you're spending your time doing something that benefits someone else. So we can't see the company that loses somebody can't see how they would get any value out of that. Now, now they're wrong. Right, because that's part of relationship maintenance and so on, and it's a it's a way of showing respect for the time you spent with a company, and it builds goodwill in the community. But that doesn't matter. Um, HR and others think they don't get any value from a referral, and so obviously they say there's risk, there's no value. Huh. You know why why should we let people continue to do it? So right. you know th- there are thousands of managers out there, millions probably, who could write great reference letters that would be a good relationship building thing that would be a good thing for a, a potential boomerang candidate. And yet, because a few managers abused it, 
HR, and, and I'm not saying bad HR, I'm just saying some HR managers said, we're not going to do that anymore, and it spread, and it was one less thing to have to worry about, so nobody does it anymore. Right. Well, this is just one more policy as a result of managers doing bad things, and right. um, companies, in, in the attempt to protect themselves, create some, sometimes some rather draconian yeah. and, rules. And, right, and we've talked about this before. We can understand the motivation, right? But HR would say... Look, that that's the only way we can affect things is put together, put put in place a policy. The problem with 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 that is if you're at a corporate staff or a senior level and you start putting in place policies, pretty much you start narrowing the the, the number of choices people have. And I'm sure there's somebody listening right now saying, "Yes, yes, I want to limit choices," but right, but that's not a way to be innovative or grow or try to be dynamic in the kind of marketplace we have today. Okay, okay, so we so we think HR is is wrong or uh, yeah. whoever's creating these policies is wrong. Um, and we do it differently. So, so let's, let's get on with it. What, what, how can we provide references and stay out of trouble? Well, the manager tools way includes on this one, five steps. Um, the first thing you've got to do is you've got to know your company policy. Um, and too many people don't. Um, our second step is you can, and, and frankly often should say no to reference requests you don't want to dilute the value of your reference. Um, number three, you can provide it unofficially if you deem it appropriate. There's four paragraphs that we recommend you use in a letter of recommendation or reference. Uh, and we'll walk you through those four paragraphs. And, and finally, the fifth step is you could do this over the phone, but we recommend you write the letter first so that your comments come across cogently. All right. So let's, let's, talk, let's talk about point one, which is know your your company policy. Um, I guess that's a good thing to do. Is if you're a manager, you are primarily responsible to the company. So knowing your company's policy would be a good thing before you go off and yeah. start doing this. Yeah, you, you, it's, it's pretty easy, really. You go to HR and you ask, what's the policy regarding providing references? Well, I've done that. And, and they say, well, you know, our policy is X, don't do it. And, <laughs> the, and then I ask for it in writing and you know i I typically get well we'll get back to you with that and then i never hear anything (laughs) yeah i I have to say something one of the things you know this cast talks about hr so i'm going to take a little a a brief tangent here and say this i have seen too many young hr generalists um get a bit of pleasure out of talking to a more senior manager or somebody maybe just only a first line manager but somebody's been with the company 10 years and the hr generalist has been there two years they don't know where the policy is. I'm not so sure anybody's ever told them we have a policy against that. But th- they know in general that references aren't used as much anymore. And so they, I think they get a little bit of joy out of saying, well, the policy is we don't do it. And, and they feel like at that moment, them saying it means that there is, in fact, a policy. I agree with you. It's not written down in many places. Or as I mentioned, the HR person won't, won't consult it. You know, and... and it's frustrating. It's um, they don't take the time to write down the policy. They don't provide it to us managers, and then we say no. But really, we're saying no to something that some HR person who may not have been there very long made up. Uh, I'm sure there are places where there are policies written down, but it's rare uh, that, that right. this kind of policy is written down. Yeah. So one point here would be to make the distinction between policies, formal policies, and recommendations. I mean, it's okay. I mean, if you go to your your HR generals, they will. They're paid to give you recommendations. But make sure you understand what the policy is versus right. the particular generalist recommendation. Great distinction. If they, if they can't show you the policy, then they're making a recommendation. And 
Um, if you follow every recommendation that every person in staff positions gives to you, you'll end up sitting at your desk doing nothing because their job is to eliminate risk, not to create growth. <laughs> right. And, and look, probably one time in the company, somebody, some executive said, hey, the trend is going away from reference providing. We ought not to do that. You know, nobody who was at that meeting is still around, but institutional memory, corporate myth making, they tend to prolong bad ideas. So anyway, it's frustrating. So you ask, uh, look, be nice when you ask. Say, hey, I've got a great employee. She's leaving. I want to write her a great reference letter. You know, we can't keep her, right? She's moving, right? And be nice. Ask. You only have to ask once. Once you have the policy or lack thereof, you get to make smarter decisions about the, the requests you get. Um, and, and look, if in fact the company policy is no and, and it's written down, then you can say no to those people who want one that you don't want to give one to them because there is a policy. And knowing what the policy is helps you decide still to give one, but to do it informally rather than in your formal role as a manager. Now, look, I mentioned before, HR says, you know, references are all risk and no value, but I just want to mention it again. There is enormous value in maintaining good relationships with good people. I mentioned before about boomerangs. They could come back to the company, right? Other companies will be impressed with a well-put-together, well-thought-out, cogent reference letter or reference discussion. And frankly, if they hire your former direct, the fact that she worked for you elevates your stature as a manager, which redounds to your employer and can make a difference in terms of your career search if you ever have to go through one at some point. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right, good. So, okay, so now you, you know the policy, whether or not right. there is one, you know what it is. Point two is kind of interesting in that um, this cast is about really more about how can you give references right. versus suggesting that you shouldn't, which is what the pred- predominant advice out there. Um, but our point two is you can and often should actually say no to a reference request. Right. We, we, we don't want to send everybody to the other end of the spectrum, which is, oh, I, I, you know, even though the HR says I shouldn't, I can. And so I should give them to everybody. I, I'm not kidding you. There is a Manager Tools member whom I exchanged my private messages with on the forum. I want to say a year or two ago who had an employee working for him who had been violent and had been terminated with HR involvement, and uh, everyone was thrilled that this person was gone. And then this person asked for a reference, and the manager felt that she he had to say yes because the manager was fairly new and didn't know what the rules were, and said, "Well, I I guess so. I'll just write some. You know, I, I suppose in his head he said, I'll I'll write some very neutral kind of reference letter. In fact, writing reference letters to folks who don't deserve them." Or, or who you have to work too hard to come up with reasons why they would be fabulous is is not a good idea. If your direct was an average or below average performer, don't dilute your reputation by twisting yourself into knots trying to figure out what to say. And look, we're going to share with you how to do it. And you're going to need to provide specifics of the person who requested specific performance instances about this person who requested the reference. And, and if you can't find those, if those specifics aren't exceptional, the letter that you write won't impress anybody. Right. Are you aware of any cases um, where an employer or a manager was held accountable for some kind of discriminatory act as a result of not writing a reference letter? Gosh, no. 
Now, that's not to say that it hasn't happened, but no. Okay, but you're not aware of it. Okay, yeah. so, uh, and I think that's what some young managers oh, think, I right? It. Which is, I see it, what if you're I don't write it, then I'm somehow opening myself up to some kind of problem. Ah, uh, good point. No, I, I'm not aware of it. Yeah, okay. So that's that shouldn't be a concern. Yeah, so, so basically, I think we've really, the first point, we have a sub-bullet here, which is, you only write letters for top performers, right? Pretty pretty simple rationale. Think about it. What would be your take on the person whom you got a reference on who turned out terribly? If they what had would a be reference? my take? If somebody if somebody if if somebody rec- wrote a recommendation letter for an employee that I hired and they turned out to be awful? Oh my God. Yeah. If this is a vendor, if this is somebody in your industry, you're not gonna forget that ever, are you? No, absolutely not. Right. Yeah. That that manager is toast. Yeah, toast. So, okay, we only do it for top performers. And the second thing is, and now this is a little bit more subtle, and, and, and probably it'll take a little bit more experience as a manager to, to, to really understand this one for some of you, but you definitely want to consider the culture differences between where the person is going, perhaps, and where you are, the industry, and any job changes they might go through. Look, somebody who's a good performer not great, but perhaps a solid performer who is going to go into a different industry or a firm with a notably different culture, perhaps, or into a job where they have no experience, they may struggle to make the change. Unless you're sure that they're totally capable of making the change, even if they're a good performer, you may want to choose to decline the request. And that's reasonable. Rather than just saying, she did great here, if you know they're going to do something totally different and you can't be certain they're going to do well there, then you have to say, wow, maybe, maybe I better not. Okay, so let's, those are the reasons why we might say no to a request. Let's, let's go to the other side about saying yes. Um, and one of the things we're talking about is providing it unofficially if necessary. So if your company prohibits it, right. you can still provide a reference. Yeah. Yeah. Now, look, you, you don't do it on company stationery. And really, managers miss this all the time. Uh, although I talked to one guy once and says, I don't know if my company had has corporate stationery. This guy was at Coca-Cola. I'm like, no, <laughs> they're stationary, believe me. Um, but look, if you put it on corporate stationery, a lawyer can make the case that, again, that indicates that the company was saying these good things. And since corporations have bigger pockets than you, the opposing lawyer will drag the company into the lawsuit. And a lot of managers say, oh, I'm, I'm smarter than lawyers, but generally speaking in a courtroom, you're not. Yeah, generally speaking. Yeah. <laughs> Almost <laughs> always. The, yeah, the way to provide a reference unofficially in writing is to do so on your personal stationery or just on plain paper. And even better than that, if you feel the policy is not a hard and fast written policy and you have, you have the ability to make the reference, you, you do so in writing or you do so verbally, I'm sorry, from your home phone. You, you wouldn't do it on the company's cell phone. You wouldn't do it um, on uh, on the company, the, the line at your desk at your office. So if, in fact, you have concerns or you want to reduce uh, political danger, you would do it over the phone. But that, of course, leads us, uh, we'll make a point a little bit about, we recommend writing a letter. But our last point, of course, is that you write the letter, even if you're going to do it over the phone. You don't have to send it, but but you want to write it so that you come across professionally when you give your reference. Okay. So so let's talk about that. We we have a, st- a structure that we recommend that yeah. consists of four simple paragraphs. Right. How do we do it? We've got an introduction, two paragraphs of reasons, reason one, reason two, or, second, or the second, third paragraphs, and then a close. That's it? 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you basically, and you know what? Long letters are not good. They're not. One-page letters are absolutely the way to go. Um, the, the way you communicate in writing is you tell people what you're going to do, you, you, you talk about what you did, and then you, you close telling them what you just talked about. In the first paragraph, you introduce the overarching reason or reasons that you're willing to provide a reference without stealing the thunder from, from your later paragraphs. In, in paragraphs two and three, you describe in each one, one skill or trait that made this person distinctively good. Pick their strong points. And in the format for paragraphs two and three is super easy. Many of you have heard it before. We, we recommend you use the SEER technique, S-E-E-R, from our annual review cast, which is summarize, elaborate, give an example, and then restate. And we're not going to go through it here in detail. You can listen to the preparing the review cast from a couple of years ago, although we do have an example coming up. And then finally, in the last paragraph, you restate your strong support of their overall skills and abilities. And you add contact information in case they have questions. It's not rocket science. So, okay, pretty straightforward. Give us an example, just so people can hear kind of what it, what it might sound like. Because I think a lot of folks want to, for good people, and our listeners are caring managers, or they wouldn't be listening to this cast. Instead, they want to. And I think a lot of times folks don't give them just because they don't know how. And they don't want to hurt the individual, right? Yeah. So an example would be useful, I think. And, and let me share something else. When I run into people at conferences, um, I, we, we get thank you notes at conferences. And I've discovered that there are two types of, of notes we get. Ones that it's clear that somebody's listened to the cast on how to write thank you notes uh, and those that have not. And I think too many folks try too hard to make it in, in a form that they're not familiar with in some way. And we, we don't recommend um, anything fancy. We recommend a very straightforward, simple, short, declarative sentences. You try to minimize um, commas as much as possible. You don't have to be creative. You don't have to be flowery. You don't have to use a lot of adjectives. You try to avoid the use of the word very. You don't need to make a reference letter or a thank you note terribly distinctive. You need to make it powerful. And the way you make it powerful is with data rather than with a different format or cleverness um, you just don't. So I'll read you an example reference letter. Dear Mr. Bainbridge, and this is the first paragraph, I'm writing to share my strongest possible recommendation for a former associate, Ms. Allie Calhoun. Ms. Calhoun was a complete professional during the four years we worked together, period. That's the first paragraph. Now, by the way, you notice I said associate. A lot of people feel that they have to describe in detail the professional relationship they had with this person. Some people won't understand the word direct. Some people won't understand if you use the employee title. You may be writing about some one of your peers' directs if you, or if you're their mentor, and you wouldn't want to call somebody a mentee in a letter. Um, so the appropriate word when you're talking about someone um, in a professional relationship is associate. Okay. Second paragraph. Two characteristics of Ms. Calhoun were, were especially noteworthy, period. First, she was brilliant at knowing her team and getting them to perform at their best, period. She knew them well by investing time in her relationship with them and giving clear and frequent performance feedback, period. In one instance, when every other manager's teams revolted against a new policy, her team handled the change quite well, period. She had spent time communicating it to each one in a way that made sense to them, period. I like this, Ms. Calhoun. She's 
she's good. Yeah, she's good. So, so in that paragraph there, that then there was a summary. That your second sentence was kind of the summary. There you go. Then you elaborated. You gave yep. a specific example. Yep. And then you simply restated. Yep. You it's might boring. actually do that in the second paragraph. Yeah, we're, we're not writing a novel. We're writing a letter that the form itself lends value and weight to the comments made therein. Third paragraph, she also is effectively focused on results. We have limited resources in our firm, yet when others complained about needing more, she got done what she could and worked diligently with other managers to find resources so that she and her team were always moving forward, period. Fourth paragraph, I'm disappointed to have lost her and hope that you will provide her an opportunity to prove to you why that is. If you have questions, please feel free to reach me at, and then I would list contact information. Signed sincerely, Mark Horseman. Good. I noticed that um, it's kind of interesting. Um, I see a lot of recommendation letters, and at the top, you said, Dear Mr. Bainbridge. Right. Interesting enough, I see a lot of time to whom it may concern, which always really impresses me, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that's a, yeah, I don't know who to write to, so I'll just write to whom it concerns. We strongly recommend you find out the name, title, and address to whom this letter is going. Don't create a blanket letter. Wait until they actually need the letter. So just make the point. So, so one is, if you're the one giving the recommendation, we recommend you find out specifically who it's going to. Right. And we would, we would very much encourage, I think we actually have on a cast somewhere, that if you're one looking for a recommendation, it is for a recommendation from a particular person, for a particular person, for a particular job. Exactly. To a particular person. And, and, and look, if you're talking to the HR, let's say you're talking to a recruiter from XYZ Corporation, have the recommender write the letter to that person. The fact that it goes to John Smith, John's going to share it with Bob and Terry and Jane and so on. So um, you, you don't want to say, well, I don't know who I'm going to give it to. So therefore, I'll write it to whom it may concern. Once you know one person, you've got an address and a name. And then you could provide copies to other folks as well if you want to. But the fact that it went to a particular person at the company comes across much more powerfully than to whom it may concern. Good. Yeah. And and if it's to whom it may concern, you can't tailor the recommendation, right? If, if, if Mike asks me for a recommendation letter, I want to know who I'm writing to because if I know him, if he's in the industry, or if I know the job Mike's going for, I'm going to write a letter that will be best for that particular position. Right. And I guess I want to add one other thing in there, which is you don't want to be providing the, the candidate, the person looking for the job. You don't want to provide them a generic recommendation letter because now you now go back to our previous points. Now you don't know what industry you, yep. you can't make a judgment as to whether or not you would recommend this person for a particular job. job. And right. you may recommend this person for a job in one industry and maybe not for another. So don't. Right. Don't give the person ammunition to take a, a, a generic recommendation and spread it around with your out your ability to yes to know ahead of time where it's going. Good. Okay. The next point, our fifth point, which is um, interesting because a lot of folks think that the only way to give a recommendation is in a in a letter, but you can actually do it over the phone. Sure. But if you do it over the phone, we're recommending that you write the letter first anyway. Yeah. Look, what's going to happen is simple you're going to be asked to serve as a reference. I get asked all the time. And basically what that means is your name and contact information will be put on an application, allowing the hiring company, if it goes that far, to call you in the event an offer is going to be made or has made, has been made, okay? 
we recommend you only say yes to serve as a reference for those whom you would be willing to write the letter that we've laid out above. A good letter is going to take some time. We're not suggesting, again, that you write references for everybody, okay? Even if you're only going to be on the phone, which is how a reference uh, in, a reference situation would happen, where they would call you, if you don't write the letter, what ends up happening is the recruiting manager or HR person is going to ask all the questions. They may not ask questions that help you put the person in the best possible light, and, and they may ask vague questions. So therefore, you write the letter first. That allows you to not only answer their questions, but to take the lead in some way and share with them the points in the letter. And that helps you give, it gives you the opportunity to frame the discussion a little bit. Look, they're in charge of the call. But remember, you have the information they need and they don't know what you know. They're going to ask some other questions and do, do your best with those. Feel those as best you can. But make sure you share the contents of the letter that you took the time to write. And, and I recognize there are some people who are shaking their head going, well, I don't have time to do that. And I would say, well, okay, then maybe you ought not to be serving as a reference for that person. Or, gosh, you don't have time to do it for them. But wouldn't you want that kind of behavior from your boss if you asked her for a reference? So, Yeah. Can you do this in, in an email, by the way? Yeah. You could copy the letter into an email. We, you know, look, we, we don't recommend it, uh, particularly if you're sending it from your work address, right? That really doesn't work if your firm has a policy against yeah. references. So <laughs> that, that would not be, that would, yeah. Okay. I'm amazed at the number of people, though, who do really think that, well, that's my email. It's not the company's email. And there's not any copies of this email on any server anywhere. Oh, right? no, of course no, not. Of course no. not. That's, they, they actually, what they do is, they, is every day, the IT folks, because they have plenty of time on their hand, they actually wipe out yeah. any back references every time. Yeah. Just to protect their managers. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So if you do do it by email, send it from home, from a home email address. It really is pretty simple, that four-paragraph letter. doesn't take very long to write. And, and if it were me, and I had heard that letter for the first time in this cast, I'd go, wow, I'm just going to... I'm going to copy that pretty much exactly. And that's a very powerful letter. It's very simple. You don't need to make it special. It's become a lost art. In fact, people feel like it's an art because so few people do it. They've never seen it done, but it used to be managers did it all the time and they were good at it because they did it all the time. Um, I, I really feel like we ought to be standing up more for the value of references. In the ongoing and only going to get worse talent shortage in the world references have a lot of value. You can build a lot of credibility, strengthen your network by providing professional, sharp, powerful references. And yes, HR stands in the way a little bit for a legitimate reason, even though we may not always agree. And it's worth it in, in many cases to accept a little bit of risk to benefit one of your directs if there's no way you can keep them. Good. Excellent. Okay. That's pretty simple. Five fairly simple steps. First one, know your company policy. It always makes sense to know your policy before you do anything. You can, and we recommend that you actually should say no to reference requests. And right. what really saying is give references to only your top performers. Right. Okay. Provided unofficially if necessary. And we gave some recommendations in terms of how to do that, i.e. not sending our company letterhead <laughs> or using your company email address, calling from company phones, et cetera. We talked about the structure of the letter slash recommendation for simple paragraphs and the use of the SEER technique. Right. And the fact you can do this over the phone. 
but write the letter first. There you go. Excellent. Thanks, partner. Thanks, my friend. See ya. Well, that's it, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Hey, if you're traveling in the car a lot, listening to the show, and you don't like, well, you can't (laughs) take notes, hey, check out our premium content on the website. Only $15 a month, and you really get a chance to develop a library or notebook of all this material that you can go back to easily at any time. And it helps Mark and I tremendously in terms of producing this show each week. So with that, everyone, we'll see you all next week. So long.